I'm Talia Zafari. And I'm Lara Sami. Together, we are co-presidents of Teens Find Middle Ground. Teens Find Middle Ground aims to create meaningful dialogue among us teenagers, the future leaders of the world. Every week, we bring together teenagers from different political backgrounds who have varying opinions and hopes to find a middle ground. We want to break the cycle created by politicians and the media that create a us versus them mentality and instead promote a bipartisan solution to enact lasting change through meaningful discourse. Iran's woman, life, and freedom movement has been ongoing throughout this year. And recently, Iran just implemented new, stricter hijab rules. So, we decided to center this week's discussion around this new change. Thank you so much to all of our participants, and let's begin. Recently in Iran, in an effort to crack down um, on more women who are protesting and not wearing hijabs, the government has installed cameras in all of the major cities. Do you think this is a violation of human rights? And do you think Iran will continue with even more drastic measures? So I definitely think this is a violation of human rights just because of the way that Iran cracks down specifically on restrictions for women, um, really limits the um, autonomy and liberty that women in Iran can have in their everyday lives. Um, So I definitely think it's a violation of human rights. And I predict as well, knowing the past history of Iran, after there's kind of revolts or series of the people's revolution when they're um, protesting the measures that the Iranian government puts forth for specifically, usually it's regarding the laws around women. Um, There's kind of this cycle of kind of revolt, revolution, and then they crack back down in terms of policy and making their policy um, more stringent. So I do think it will probably increase in the future, which is so unfortunate to say just because the Iranian people are so resilient and strong and have really been fighting for change and have almost been met with the opposite, which is, I can imagine, so frustrating for those living in Iran, let alone, you know, all the Iranians living in the United States. It's really hard for us to see that. I agree. I mean, I remember reading, like, these headlines in the news last week, and I was honestly really shocked. And if they had managed to pull this stunt, they're, of course, going to do so much more that I can't even imagine right now. Just last month, the Iranian government agreed to restore relations with their longtime rival, Saudi Arabia, with China as a broker. So how is this effort working to achieve a less violent relationship with Saudi hypocritical as they're making their laws on the hijab even stricter? For many, many years, it's been like this, that usually when there's modifications in foreign relations, like um, reinstating the relationship with Saudi Arabia, It's really just for the economic and kind of power centric being of the Iranian government and elevating that. Um, So it's also, as you're saying, hypocritical because of the way that um, the Saudi government treats women and their laws towards women. Um, And it really represents kind of a backwards thinking approach versus a forwards thinking approach. According to like an article produced um, a couple days ago, like three days ago, it says that even though there's a lot of crackdown and of people um, wearing like the hijab in the streets, people and women online are posting um, videos of them not wearing the hijab. So do you think that kind of symbolizes like a new era with social media and there's more hope in the Iranian society and having social media as an outlet to 
for Iranian women to express themselves? Or do you think it's going to fall into previous patterns of being just subdued by the government and not having that out? Them using social media as an outlet to kind of like almost retaliate against the government is like they're doing the best they can do. I mean, as we know, like all the majority of social media platforms are blocked by Iran's government. Like if you are in Iran, you cannot connect to, for example, like Instagram and TikTok. And I was speaking to my cousin who lives there and he said, yeah, like they can track everything you do. That's why you need a VPN, but um, which is kind of crazy to think of. But I, yeah, I do think that them using social media as an outlet is definitely a form of protesting. And it's, you know, they're using the very limited resources that they do have. Because of the level of censorship in Iran, the usage of social media is very symbolic, in my opinion, of how the Iranian women have, they have such a vibrant and strong and powerful voice and they're not able to use it publicly on the streets in many situations because their life will be at danger and they have other things that they need to consider. Um, but using social media, they're able to find a sense of unity and hope. Um, so I definitely think social media has been a very positive um, contribution to the movement for Iranian women. So restaurants in Iran are supposed to be enforcing the women wearing hijab, but according to NPR, it's, quote, no restaurants have stopped them since the fall. So what do you think about having local businesses not enforce these strict rules? Does that, like, suggest a potentially better future? Or, like, though this may seem like a minor act of rebellion against the government, do you think this is, like, a sign that people will politically unite and work towards an implementation of different leadership and legislation? I mean, when I was there last summer and I was in restaurants, I, no one had their hijab on, honestly, because it was, this was before all these movements happened, but it was, it was very casual. It was a very casual setting. It just depends on the environment you're in. Um, If you're in public, you will be stopped. For example, I was stopped a few times, but restaurants are considered like you're indoors, you're in like a family environment. That's just the culture we have there. Like they view everyone as family. So when you're eating inside a restaurant, my cousin was saying like, it's very acceptable not to have a job on because you're enclosed, you're indoors. I think that kind of act of the restaurants supporting the Iranian women that way is an example of people backing people in Iran. Um, and because there's so much government involvement in so much of everyday life, in Iran without them even, you know, being able to, without the normal people being able to um, control that, that a small act like that is probably very hopeful um, for the Iranian people and just represents how, you know, small things, you know, it doesn't have to be headline news, but things like that can really make differences that add up to the greater whole. And hopefully that greater whole comes soon. <laughs> We have people all over the world supporting this movement, which is really great. For the first time ever, like Iran is getting all of this news, news coverage globally. The Women Life Freedom Movement and the the way it transpired into the U.S. and into the Iranian American community in the U.S. I feel like really um, 
was important to kind of changing the perspective that some Americans may have of Iranian Americans and kind of demonstrating that the people are not their government. I know that's kind of cliche to say, but it's an important distinction to make. Um, and I think the whole movement and just seeing the resilience of the Iranian people and how they really, you know, worldwide wanted to work together towards having democratic and free ideals like the ones we have in the U.S. So I think kind of um, demonstrated to a lot of American people that Iranians are more kind of on the same page as them and not the enemy and not the, you know, people to scapegoat and be prejudiced towards. Thank you all so much for coming and we hope you enjoyed this week's discussion.